Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. If all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. If all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. Hi, I'm Tom Caffarella, and welcome to Agent Investor. Agent Investor is the only brand that helps agents get off that real estate roller coaster and achieve financial freedom through investing in real estate. And today, I'm going to talk about a philosophical thing that I posted on my personal page just the other day. By the way, uh, if you're listening to this, you may or may not be following me on my personal page. On my personal page, which you can go to and you can find on Facebook at Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, and then my last name, Caffarella. If you like the content that I put out, if you like being in my Facebook group, if you like getting emails, and you wanna hear more from me, you may or you may not, but if you do, you definitely wanna follow me on my personal Facebook page. Uh, personal Facebook account. It's a personal account, but I post a bunch of business stuff. I post probably on average about once or twice a day. And I specifically leave that account. Uh, some uh, I, I specifically don't post a ton in the Agent Investor Facebook group. I specifically don't send out multiple emails every single day because I want to make sure that I'm not kind of bombarding people with the content that I produce. But on my personal page, um, I, I don't have any sort of filter there. So if you like what I have to say and you want you know, more content from me, definitely follow me on my personal Facebook page at Tommy Caffarella. So with that being said, today I want to focus on talking about a post that I actually did on my personal page, a message that I left on my personal page and some of the responses to that message. I alluded to it, you know, right at the beginning of, of this conversation, which is the, the comment, the quote that I put on my personal Facebook page the other day, which says, if all you do is sell houses, you will never retire. I'm going to say it again. If all you do is sell houses, you will never retire. I want to address some of the comments under, you know, that post. And I also want to give you my perspective on that comment because Anytime that you know you make a bold statement, you tend to get a lot of different opinions. And in general, you know, from a marketing perspective, if the message that you put up isn't that bold, you're typically not going to get a lot of views. You're not going to get a lot of clicks. So yes, I would first like to acknowledge that this statement is a little bit on maybe the aggressive side. It may not be a hundred percent factual, but I do want to address why I posted it and what I meant and, and what I mean by it in general stands. That in general, for nine out of 10 real estate agents, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire, right? I, I guess in the statement, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. The assumption would be that that means a hundred, that goes for a hundred percent of all real estate agents. I mean the 90%, right? And I want to, I want to talk about a concept today that is something I, I, I mention a lot, but you may have never heard. In the comment section of this Facebook post that if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. I got a bunch of people that basically said, if you sell a ton of houses and then save your money, you will be able to retire. Yes, and, and that's a fact. If you are in the top one or two or 3% of all real estate agents, and you make north of, you gross north of a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, and you save your money, and you invest your money, yes, you probably can figure out a way to retire. But that's the top one or 2% of all agents. And there's a program uh, that we use at our company, a lot of brokers use it, it's called Broker Metrics. And Broker Metrics is a, um, it's a data set uh, of all the sales for all real estate agents, 
Um, and I buy broker metrics for all of New England. So I have the ability to look at general agent statistics and market statistics that would be more difficult to get access to if I did not have this program. I think that maybe maybe this is something that you already know, but I bet most agents don't know this. Most agents don't sell enough houses to make money, to, to save money. In fact, when, when we are out there proactively looking to recruit agents, and that's one of the reasons that broker metrics exists, you can break down agents by how many homes they sold, right? So if you're a broker and you want to spend your time, effort, and energy on having conversations with agents to grow your brokerage in general, you like to bring in agents that sell a lot of houses, right? In, in general, the more houses that a real estate agent sells, the more money that the, the broker makes, right? That's a general statement. Um, there's a lot of you know caveats to that, but in general, that's how brokers will look um, at agent statistics. When we look and we say, hey, there's you know 25,000 agents that are licensed in Massachusetts, well, how many of them sell, say, more than 10 houses per year? Or how many of them sold more than 20 houses per year? Or how many of them sell more than 30 houses per year? I think that the answer to that question and the facts would shock you know, almost every single person that's listening to this right now. In fact, the amount of agents that don't even sell two houses per year, I think would shock you, right? And we know, right, when we, we talk about having somewhere near 25,000 people with their license in Massachusetts, yes, a lot of those people are not actually actively out there trying to sell houses. And a lot of them are part-time. But even the full-time agents, even the agents that sell multiple houses per year, even the agents that would classify themselves as full-time agents, sell far fewer homes than you would guess. And so I ran this report the other day, and I ran how many agents out of the 25,000 sell more than two houses per year. And, you know, the shocking stats, you know, it was, it was under 3,000 agents, right? So less than 10% of all of the agents that are licensed sell more than just a couple houses per year. But I look at that and I say, well, yeah, you've got new agents and you've got people who probably aren't trying to sell houses, et cetera. Well, how many agents then sell more than 20 houses per year, right? Because if we look at what is the average commission that an agent might earn, and I'm speaking specifically for New England, and I'm going to call it $10,000. Some agents sell at higher price points, some agents sell at lower price points. But out of that 25,000 agents, how many of them sell more than 20 houses per year or have a GCI above 200,000? And the answer to that is less than 2%. Less than 2% of all of the agents, of all the 25,000 agents, gross over $200,000 per year, right? That's kind of an astounding statistic when you really look at it. The reason I mention this is because the philosophy that I have and I'll always have is that it's not that agents shouldn't sell real estate. I believe that they should, but it's that the average investor will become financially independent. Whereas you have to be an outlying agent. You have to be a rock star. You have to be a top producing agent to even have a shot at saving enough money to retire. I'm going to say that again. Almost every real estate investor that I know that buys just one property per year, one cash flowing asset per year, ends up not only retiring fairly early, but has a very high net worth. As compared to the vast majority of real estate agents do not even sell enough houses to really save money. And I know that if you're listening to this right now, someone will philosophically say, well, you know, just live off of less, right? And you can do that, right? You can live off of less, but it doesn't get into how you would actually get into retirement. And I'm going to read a comment on my Facebook page that I, I want to address because I did address it a little bit. I did address it a little bit in the comment section. But I want to go into more detail on it in terms of what I just meant. 
and why agents should sell houses and agents should try to sell more houses. You should try to sell as many houses as you can, but why it's so challenging to become financially independent and retire and financially free just by selling real estate. If you go on my Facebook profile, like an agent by the name of Jim commented, you know, again, my post said, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. And what Jim said back to me, he said, sell enough homes so you can live on 30 to 40% of what you make, then invest the rest in assets you understand. For most of us in real estate, that would be homes. So what he's advocating is to sell more houses and to save money than to invest, right? And my argument here is that in most cases, most people will not be able to save enough to actually do that. And in order to invest in real estate, you need to learn strategies where you don't need a ton of capital in order to invest. And by the way, as you all know, that's what we teach and preach, right? I've been involved in over 1,500 real estate investing transactions. I've done that all without having any capital of my own, right? I've built over 300 unit rental property portfolio without any capital of my own or minimal capital of my own. And I didn't do it by saving money. In fact, by saving money, I, I could never have achieved what I did quickly enough. And I'm going to walk you guys through the numbers just so that you understand this. So the first comment that Jim made was sell enough homes so you can live on 30 to 40% of what you make. All right, let's start off by saying, well, how much money does somebody need to kind of like live in New England? And of course, like throughout the United States, it can be a little bit different, but I'm going to make it a round number. And I know that this number will be different for every person. And I'm going to call that number $100,000. Okay. Some people will say, well, I could live off of 60 or 50 or 40 or 70. And some people will say, I don't know how I could live off of 100. So I think 100 is a reasonable, rational number to talk about as an example only. So let's say, as Jim says, sell enough homes so that you can live on 30% of what you make. All right, well, if you're living on 30% of what you make, that would mean that you would need to have a GCI of somewhere around $360,000 per year. You know, you take off maybe the 20% that your broker keeps, you're down to 300,000, you're living off of a third of that, a third of the 300,000, you're living off $100,000, and he's saying invest the rest, right? Invest the $200,000 into real estate, into stocks, into bonds, into kind of like whatever you feel like you know. And and, and by the way, if if this was a possibility, if agents could do this, if you have the ability to save $200,000 per year, I, I have no argument against the fact that you could retire, you could become financially free, right? $200,000 gives you enough money to invest in assets, whether it be stocks, bonds, real estate, syndications, that gives you plenty of money to save every single year, right? Even if you're just talking about the money that you save alone, $200,000 per year times 20 years, that gives you a $4 million nest egg. You know, who knows what you'll need to retire in 20 years from today. But I think if you have you have $4 million and you compound that and you get to five or $6 million, yeah, you're going to be in a pretty big boat. You're, you're going to be in a pretty good boat. You're going to be in a good situation. My argument isn't that it can't be done. It's that it will not be accomplished for most real estate agents. Okay. So again, if we look at statistically and we say, okay, how many houses do you need to sell to actually make, to gross $360,000 per year, you've got to sell somewhere near 36 homes per year in my market. And it may be more in other markets, right? Massachusetts, uh, New England has some higher priced homes. I'm going to assume somewhere around a $500,000 average price point. So you need to sell 36 homes per year. And again, statistics say that even in a big real estate office, right, you may have one or two of those people, right? In, in the entire state, you may have in the hundreds of people that do that. Not thousands, out of 25,000 agents, you might have hundreds. So my point here is that this advice, while it would work, will not work for most people. And, and by that, I don't mean to say that 
there aren't strategies to sell 36 plus houses per year. You know, there are. And I'm not saying that some people won't do it. My whole argument isn't that it can't be done. It's the degree of difficulty of selling 36 houses per year consistently. And by the way, living off $100,000, right? Because there's another element to this that's important, which is that in general, and this is just a life principle, in general, the more that we make in general, the more that we spend, okay? It's called expense creep. It is something that is common. Again, you might beat the odds, but my argument here is even for those people who are grossing $360,000 per year, on average, for most of them, they're not going to save two-thirds of the amount of money that they make. So keep in mind that, that what Jim is saying, he is saying two things. Actually, he's saying three things, three things that need to be done. Number one, you got to sell 36 houses per year, which most agents don't do. Number two, you have to live off of one-third of that income, which, again, most people don't do. And number three, you have to then take that money and invest it the right way, which is probably the easiest of those three things. As compared, okay, so again, my philosophy here, yes, I want somebody to sell 36 houses if they work for my brokerage. I want them to sell more. I want them to sell uh, whatever they can do. I want them to sell the most amount of homes that they can. Uh, that's not a bad thing. I agree with that. But what I'm suggesting here is let's compare that to just buying one asset per year, which is what we teach and we preach. Me and my team, we buy more than one asset per year, but I've always said that buying one asset per year it's something that anybody can do, right? We can teach and train anybody. Doesn't matter where you're starting. Doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. We can teach and train people to buy at least one asset per year, okay? Not a difficult thing, right? Buy one asset per year. And let's compare that to kind of like how those 20 years kind of play out. Because what he's saying is really difficult. Sell 36 houses, save most of your money, invest your money. Right. And we're going to say that over the course of those 20 years, you know, you save 200,000 per year, you're going to end up, you know, with maybe $4 million or maybe you invest it the right way. But what about kind of an alternative situation where we say, instead of, you know, you may, you having to make $360,000 per year, gross $360,000 per year, let's instead kind of look at what your life might be like if you just bought you know, one three-family property per year over that 20-year period, right? And we're just going to talk generally speaking. And instead of you needing to sell 36 houses, right, we know that you need or you're going to live off of six figures, you only need to maybe, you know, sell 10 or 15, which, again, I, ha I can't overstate this. I am not suggesting that you lower your sales goals. I am saying if you look at the difference between the amount of people who sell the amount of agents who sell 10 houses versus 36, there's a there's a good amount of agents who sell 10 houses. There are very few agents who sell more than 36 per year. So let's look at this. Write out the numbers as we're talking. I didn't pre-prepare this. So these are gonna kind of be rough, right? But let's say that instead of needing to sell 36 houses per year and live below your means, let's say that instead you do what most full-time agents do, which is maybe you sell somewhere between eight and 20 houses per year. And let's say instead you buy one asset per year. And that one asset is a three unit asset. And over the course of you know 20 years, you've got 20 assets, okay? So again, these are rough numbers, but on our multifamilies that we own, on our cash flowing assets that we own, on average, we make roughly about $500 per month per unit. So each one of these assets is going to throw off $1,500 per month. Now, let's just do the quick math. And let's even assume that rents don't go up, which, of course, they will. You've got uh, 20 of these assets, right? $1,500 per asset. You've got 20 of these assets. You do the rough math. You've got $30,000 of passive income coming in, $360,000 of passive income coming in from these assets. Now, let's just compare that again to saving $4 million. So let's just say that, you know, you didn't save any money as a real estate agent versus, and have you have these 20 assets versus you save $4 million. $4 million, now you've got, now in order to throw off that income to retire, right? You've got to get a 9% rate of return, which by the way, it's, it's doable. 
but it's not a guarantee, right? So let's just say that you're, I don't know, 55 years old, you've got $4 million saved up, and you say, I've got to protect my money, and I want to retire, and I want to kind of like have a guarantee that I'm going to make the same amount as those assets, those 20 assets. Be pretty challenging, right? Because to get a 9% rate of return in general, you're probably going to have to take a little bit more risk than the person who's got these 20 units. In order to get a 9% rate of return, you might need to be in a syndication or you might need to be in the stock market or whatever, but you're not going to be able to take that $4 million likely and invest it in like a treasury bond or putting in a CD, right? A CD right now, which is higher than it's ever been, is a 5% rate of return. And we're talking about somebody who, instead of saving all of the money that they make and, and killing themselves, we're talking about somebody who's spending the vast majority of what they're making, which is, again, it's just more realistic for more people. And at the end, one of them has 20 assets that are th throwing off $360,000 per year. And then the other one likely has $4 million, you know, let's call it in cash, that's then throwing off, if you're putting in like a CD, maybe $200,000 per year. Now, that's also not taking into account what the appreciation is of these assets, what the pay down are of those 20 assets. Um, that's also not taking into account rents going up. You know, as I'm you know, sitting here talking through this, right, we could have a lot of different arguments to this position. And Jim would say, well, what if you took the $200,000 per year and you invested it in real estate and you invested it in that one asset per year? I would say, great. Like if, if you have, if you save $200,000 per year and you invest it in one asset per year, you're probably going to end up in a very similar position to the person who bought one asset per year and didn't have to put up a ton of their own money. Okay. Would you rather have a $200,000 down payment on all of those assets? Yes, you would. But I would also probably argue the fact that the person who knows how to buy these assets without using any of their own money probably could just as easily buy two of those assets per year. Whereas the person who needs the down payment, like the only way I'm going to buy an asset is if I earn the money, put the down payment down myself and buy a property, that person is limited likely to one per year. Whereas again, if you look at kind of like what I've done, what my company has done, we grew a 300-unit rental property portfolio, maybe a five or six or seven-year period, somewhere kind of in that range. So with all that being said, though, my, my premise is not that somebody who sells 36-plus houses per year and saves $200,000 per year is doing anything bad. It's more that they to sell 36 houses per year and save $200,000 per year, not too many agents are going to do that. Right. So I believe, as I've kind of stated already a couple different times, you can be an average investor and become financially independent, whereas you have to be an elite in the top tier in real estate sales in order to have a shot. And it's why you see most real estate agents never retire. And I am sure when you see people that are, you know, maybe towards retirement age selling houses. Some of them might just want to. Yeah, selling real estate can be fun. I like sales, showing homes and listing homes. A lot of what we do is not you know, difficult work. We're definitely not digging ditches. We're not doing anything super crazy. At the same time, a lot of real estate agents who are selling homes that are more in their retirement age are doing it out of necessity rather than doing it because they want to, okay? So kind of to continue on, I want to read, you know, some more of kind of the um, some more of the, the comments that are underneath. Some of them are similar in nature to what I just mentioned. Again, my, my comment said, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. Nicole writes, yes and no. Take the money um, you're making selling just houses above the living money you need. Open a solo 401k, a SEP account, invest in the market, life insurance, the right ones, and max it out each year, then you can retire wonderfully rich. Now, again, if we are going to go back to Jim's comment and say, yes, you're going to save $200,000 per year, I agree. 
Again, the, the, the statement, though, where I disagree with Nicole is that not only do most real estate agents not save any money per year because they don't sell enough houses, the ones who do save money tend to not be able to save enough to, in air quotations, as she's stating, retire wonderfully rich, right? To me, retiring wonderfully rich, I think you could do that saving $200,000 per year because your money's going to compound. Um, I mean, let's just even think about this for a second. Like that, that would definitely get you there, right? You'd, you'd have, you know, by the time you're done or if you invest in real estate along the way, you do really well philosophically, like as a factual statement, she's correct. But in reality, it's a no. And again, going back to the broker metrics thing, how many agents are saving even north of $50,000 per year selling real estate? And again, the, the facts will be when you go through broker metrics and you say, well, in order to save $50,000 per year, You've got to at least probably be selling 15 plus houses, maybe more towards 20 plus houses per year. And what you'll see is statistically that number is just very, very low, right? So while that can be a goal, right, it's it's kind of like saying this, right? Let me give it a fitness analogy, right? There are people who, who live their lives to be in great physical condition. You know, you might see somebody that's, you know, completely natural, eats, so healthy, works out all the time, and they've got like six-pack abs, right? And, and if you look, the older somebody gets, the, the more rare that is to have this just like chiseled physique. Now, somebody like Nicole would say, well, yeah, anybody can do it. So just get that chiseled physique. Just make sure that you're not eating any carbs. Make sure you're eating all high-protein high meals, completely cut out alcohol, work out you know, five or six days a week. And you'll be there, right? Like that would be the argument. And I would say, yes, that can be done. But how many people are doing it? So my thing would be, what's more realistic, right? What's more realistic? Is it realistic that most people in life are never going to go out of their house again, are going to just give up carbs completely, not go on a diet, but completely change their lifestyle, are going to work out five or six days a week? You could, you can, some do. Most won't. And the whole premise here is that by investing in real estate and not doing anything that's super challenging, buying one asset per year, you will be ahead of the person who has all this discipline, who kills himself to sell 36 houses per year, who can't afford to have a down year because you need to save tons of money every single year. Yeah. And so I said to Nicole, I said, well, that's possible. Most agents don't make enough per year to do that. And Nicole said, sell more houses. Yeah, factually true. Yeah, easier said than done though, right? Easier said than done. And going through some of the other comments, I mean, I got a lot of positive comments. You know, I get it, no doubt. And there was a couple of people who said, yeah, all I did was sell houses and I'm retiring. And I said, back to the person, back to Janice, I said, you're the outlier. So again, to my premise, you don't want to have to be an outlier to succeed. You want to be able to, to, if you're putting yourself in the right game, in the right game of life, and you're average, and you can retire early, you can become financially free, that's what investing will do versus having to be the best of the best. By the way, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting argument, right? So, so some of these people are basically saying, well, just sell more houses, Okay, yeah, you know, sell 36 plus houses per year, right? Here's my other argument to that. If you put the effort it takes to sell 36 plus houses per year, with you being in the top one or 2% of all agents in the United States per year, imagine if you what you would do if you put that effort into investing, right? And, and I'm going to make a statement. It's going to probably seem a little bit, you know, self-serving or, or maybe bragging, but I would say that our company is in the top 1% for investing, right? For residential real estate, we do well. We've put up pretty big numbers over the course of, of the years, right? So the effort that it takes to sell 26 plus houses, 30, I'm sorry, 36 plus houses is probably the same as the effort that we put into investing. 
And the effort that we put into investing has allowed us to fix and flip over a thousand homes, has allowed us to building over 300 unit rental property portfolio of small multifamily, has allowed us, we've got 500 apartment units at different phases of construction right now, right? Some of them are complete, some of them are in the works, some of them are being permitted. You know, look at that net worth compared to selling 36 uh, houses per year and saving $200,000. I'm going to give you one example of that just so you guys can kind of see like what owning even one of those assets would do compared to selling those 36 houses. So when we first started buying properties, bought a three family in Lynn, Massachusetts, 10 Adams Street. That was about 10 years ago today. So in the course of 10 years, just look this property up. And I know that Zillow is not necessarily, um, it, it's definitely not the end all be all, but Zillow's got it at 741,000. So over the course of that 10 years, the 180 that we paid for it, let's say our mortgage might've been down to call it 140. We've got $600,000 in equity in that one property, right? That's just one example. And I'm giving that example because it's a 10 year old uh, property. It's a property that is an average property that anybody could have bought at that time. So again, we're talking about like how difficult is it to buy an asset like that, okay? And make $600,000 in equity, have rents go up, have your mortgage be paid down compared to you would have had to sell 36 plus houses per year for three straight years and save $200,000, only live off of one third of what you made in order to get that same amount of net worth. And I'm going to go through a couple other of the comments and kind of just see if there's anything else out there that I, I want to address. Brian Rucco, who's a friend of mine, said, you know, to my comment, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. And Brian said, not 100% true. In most cases, yes, but not 100%. If you sell high-end homes, live on a budget and make good choices with your money, retired retirement early is feasible. Absolutes are usually not 100% true. So I agree with him. I totally agree. Absolutes are almost never 100% true. But I want to address the statement of, if you sell high-end homes, this is another common thing that I hear people try to do in real estate sales. I can count, if I had a dollar for every agent who told me that their plan for the upcoming year was just to raise their price point, right? I want to sell, you know, I sold 10 houses last year. I made $10,000 per property last year per sale, per commission. All I want to do next year is instead of selling $500,000 homes, I want to sell million dollar homes. If I had a dollar for every agent who told me something along those lines, like I want to become a luxury agent, I want to sell million dollar plus homes to date. And keep in mind, you know, my brokerage has over 400 agents in it. I've, you know, had discussions with at least a thousand agents about their goals. And I've probably had close to a thousand agents tell me that that's their goal. I want to sell luxury real estate, I want to raise my price point, et cetera. I can count on one hand how many agents actually did that. And if you kind of think about this logically, right? I am not, again, I am not saying that raising your price point is impossible. I am not saying that you can't become a luxury agent. I am talking degree of difficulty. So if you think about this logically, when it comes to real estate sales in general, most of us sell homes, um, help list homes and help people buy homes in our network. So really, in most cases, whether we sell high-priced homes or not is depending upon the people <laughs> that we already know. Like by the time that we get into real estate, most of us are, you know, above 25 years old when we get our real estate license and we start selling. By then, we've grown up, we've gone to, you know, grade school and middle school and high school and potentially college, and we've potentially been in the workforce for a few years. By that time, we know a lot of the people that we're going to end up working with. Meaning, if you grew up in an affluent area, or if you went to a college where there were a lot of other affluent students, or you are in a workforce where there are a lot of affluent people, the likelihood of you selling higher priced homes is much higher. The reverse is also true. 
So in many cases, while it is possible to do things to try to push your price point up, the degree of difficulty of achieving that is very, very high. And again, my whole argument is, why would we ever try to do something where the degree of difficulty is extremely high and the chances, the odds, the probability of success aren't super high? Instead of focusing on outcomes that are extremely probable, highly probable. And at every single one of my events, I always ask this question. I always say, how many people in the audience know somebody who got rich through ownership of real estate assets? And almost every hand goes up because we almost all of us know somebody who got rich through the ownership of real estate assets. And I ask a, a second question and I say, how many of you know somebody who got super wealthy, got super rich through selling real estate? And in a lot of cases, at a lot of my conferences that I host, no hangs go up. Sometimes one hang goes up. Sometimes two hangs go up. And, and that's the whole point. And then my last question there that I ask, and I'm going to wrap on this because this will kind of encapsulate my whole argument, my, my whole point, the whole reason that I posted the Facebook post. I always say to people, that person that you know that got wealthy through the ownership of real estate assets, how many of those people that you know were like out of this world, top tier, out of your league, somebody that's so impressive that you like feel like you couldn't even talk to them? And maybe like one or two hands will go up. So the whole room raised their hand and they said, I know somebody who got rich through the ownership of real estate assets, but only a couple of those people that got rich through the ownership of real estate assets were somebody who is untouchable. It is truly the average Joe way to achieve financial freedom, right? And that's my point. And if you were to look and you were to say, hey, talk to me about that real estate agent who achieved financial freedom through selling real estate. Were they impressive? Oh, you're damn sure well they were. Oh, I bet you they were, they were a beast. I bet you they worked countless hours. I bet you they were very intelligent. I bet you they were a great salesperson. I bet you they put years and years and years into their craft. I bet you they were extremely, extremely consistent over the years, right? And you know who I'm talking about. Who is the most successful agent that you know, right? I'm thinking of some people in my head right now. And my question would be, do you think that it's highly probable that you are all of a sudden one day going to become that person. Not that it's not possible, but do you think the likelihood is extremely high versus how likely is the probability that you can just become an average investor? And the probability is very high, right? Um, so guys, again, you know, sometimes I put out this content. Sometimes I put out content that now, I don't mean, I don't think it was that controversial. I don't. I do think maybe it, you know, punch some agents in the gut, maybe a little bit. You know, if all you do is sell houses, you'll never retire. Yeah. Like if, if all you do is sell houses, you know, maybe you look at that and you go, that doesn't feel good to hear that message. That doesn't, you know, feel good to read that. Maybe it doesn't feel good because you know, it's the truth. Right. And I always tell people this when they come to my events and they meet me in person or they join the inner circle. Like, I'm not the person who's going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Because what you want to hear is not going to impact change in your life. It's not. It's what you need to hear that's going to make the difference. And yes, I may get some negative comments on my post. And I don't like that, by the way. I don't like to have negative comments. I'd rather everybody love me. But if I want everybody to love me, I probably have to say things that I don't mean. If I want everybody to love me, I probably can't be 100% honest and 100% truthful. So I weigh it out in my head and go, you know what? I would rather deal with a couple of people, maybe that don't like me, but I'm going to change some lives in the process, right? I can't change lives by having everybody love my message, but my message is true. So with all of that being said, you know, what, where do you go from here? Like if you listen to this and maybe you don't have to a hundred percent agree with me, 
But if you believe that you've got a better chance of becoming an average investor than an agent, you know, who sells over 36 houses per year and saves two thirds of their income, if you believe that you've got a better chance of doing that, now is the time to take action. By taking action, I don't mean going out and doing something dumb and running out and trying to buy 10 houses or being foolish. I mean getting educated. Getting educated is always the first step towards achieving financial freedom. It's the best way that you can start your your real estate investing journey. And we make it really easy for you, right? The first thing I would always recommend doing is coming to our events. I think that that's the first and the best thing that you can do. It's always surprising to me. Yes, we get great attendance at our events, but frankly, it, it actually surprises me that we don't get more people. The reason being is that our events are completely free. Our events are geographically located in places where most people in New England can make them. And the times are pretty good. I get thousands upon thousands of downloads per month on my podcast. But yet, when we host an event, we're typically at maybe 100 people, right? So don't be one of those people. Don't be somebody who just consumes information. Come out to an event. Getting around other people is more important than consuming information. I'm glad that you're listening right now. I appreciate that you're listening right now. And if you've been listening for a while and haven't come out to one of our events, um, I highly suggest that you do so. And you can do that by going to www.agentinvestorevent.com. That is the URL, by the way, no matter when you're listening to this, all of our events are always going to be uploaded to www.agentinvestorevent.com. We are currently hosting two events per month in two geographic areas across New England. In January of 2024, we're going to be in Burlington, Mass. and Providence, Rhode Island. We're trying to crisscross New England a little bit to try to get, you know, as many people as we can. You know, I would love it if people uh, would be willing to drive, you know, hours on end to come to our events. I believe it's worth it, but we're going to try to help everybody out by trying to get closer to you. With that being said, if you're not close to Burlington or not close to Providence, don't let that be an excuse. Make investing a priority. Make it your first priority in 2024. Yeah, we know that you still need to sell houses. We're not saying don't sell houses, but make it one of your priorities to start investing in real estate and start learning. Go to www.agentinvestorevent.com to register. Last thing I want to say is about our partnerships. We are now averaging close to one agent investor partnership deal per week, which even surprises me. I mean, I always have high expectations for anything that we roll out. We don't always hit our goals. We're not always perfect. I have certainly projected things that have not come to life before. Um, we do the best that we can to make the right projections, but we're not always perfect. But when it comes to this partnership deal, we are getting more interest in this. I'm coming across, we are coming across more deals. We are partnering with more agents than I would have imagined. So really quickly on this, I know I have said this a million times, but there are definitely some people who might be listening who may not have heard this yet. But as an agent who comes across potential flip opportunities, you no longer need to have money or to have the construction expertise to partner with us, to do a flip. All that you need to do is bring us a deal. And all that you need to do to bring us a deal is to send me a message on Facebook. Go to Tommy Caffarella, send me a Facebook message, tell me about where you've got you know, an opportunity, right? And we'll go on the appointment with you. We'll make an offer with you. And if we end up buying the property, we'll buy the house, we'll put up all the money, we'll do all the renovation, and then at the end, we'll split the profits with you 50-50. The number I'm about to quote will change over time, but thus far, we're averaging close to $80,000 of profit per deal, which means that we're splitting somewhere around $40,000 for each deal that we do to agents. Does this mean if you bring us a deal, it's going to be $80,000? No, it might be more. We actually had a deal where we crossed the $200,000 mark and cut a check for six figures. And we've had deals that have been as low as $40,000. 
the cool thing about working with us is not only are you going to get to split the profits with us, but you're also going to know about what the deal is going to make up front, right? So we're going to show you what we're going to offer, why we're going to offer it, right? What the budget is, what we think the property is going to sell for, right? So we're going to know roughly the profit up front. And then, of course, once you take the property to market, you just never know, right? So that property where we made a $200,000 profit, was that a deal that we thought we were going to make $200,000 on? Not even close. I think we had that one penciled out to make sixty or 70000 and the market kind of just took over. To this day, I'm not necessarily sure why that house got bid up so much. There were not necessarily a ton of comps to justify it, but it happened. So all that you need to do is be on the lookout for deals. And agents, you guys come across deals sometimes by accident. Whether you get a lead for you know, a listing appointment for somebody that wants to sell their house, whether you hear another agent in your office talk about a deal. In fact, um, I'm not going to say this person's name, but somebody that's in the inner circle recently has started to go around to his company office meetings to talk about the ability of him purchasing these properties from agents in his office, right? So don't sleep on other agents providing you with deals. Now, keep in mind, there are many ways to structure these deals so that it works for all parties. And anytime that we work with any agent, we're always looking to create a win-win situation, right? A win for you as the agent, a win for us as the company, and a win for your seller. And bear in mind, it has to be a win for your seller. There are many reasons why there are many benefits to selling direct to an investor. Is it going to make sense for most of your sellers? No, it's not. Only about two out of every 10 sellers end up understanding the benefits of selling to an investor and wanting to sell to an investor. All that we are, if you send us an opportunity to look at, if we go on an appointment with you on this partnership opportunity, it's an option for your seller. We're not going to go in there. We're not going to tell them that they need to sell to us. We're not going to push them to take an investor deal. We're going to explain what the benefits are of selling to us. You know, of course, that's going to be no inspection. Of course, that's going to be no contingency. It's going to be things like they get to pick the closing date. It's going to be things like, hey, just move out of the house. You can leave everything behind. There's going to be a lot of different benefits to selling to us. Now, they may value those benefits or they may not. Some sellers sell to us just because they don't want their neighbors in their house. They don't want to have an open house. So regardless of the reasons why a seller may want to sell to an investor, it is simply an option. So keep that in mind. Um, we're signing about one of these per week. We're doing about one agent investor partnership deal per week. All that you need to do is keep on the lookout. There's many ways that these deals can pop up. Always keep your eyes and ears open. If you see uh, um, a, a property that is in the condition where it makes sense for them to sell to an investor, or you talk to a seller that just wants an easier sale, right? I'll give you one more example, and then I'm going to end this today. We had a seller in, um, in West Roxbury, went out to the property. Property was in fairly good condition. Seller had lived there for 30 plus years. Seller wanted to move 30 miles south of Boston to live near her daughter. And she said, I know that if I put this property on the market, I'll get more money. But the problem is, is that I want to take my time picking out that house. And I want you to be able to close the minute I want to close. But I also want you to wait until the minute that I'm ready to buy that property. So what was important to her and this is just one of many examples. I could do a whole podcast on the reasons that some sellers will sell to us. All the seller wanted was the ability to take her time finding a place, living near her daughter, finding the right property at the right price, right condition. And she wanted the ability that if she found that house in two weeks, that we were going to be ready to go. But if she needed over a year to find that property that we were going to wait. And we did. And I think it took her somewhere between three to four months to find that property. 
She only wanted to focus on the purchase side of that deal. She didn't want to focus on the listing. She didn't want to juggle, like worry about whether or not the buyer was going to come through or whether their loan was going to work out. And I could give you a million other reasons. But the, the most important thing to know is that by partnering with us on deals, you've got a way to earn big chunks of money if it works out. It's an option for the sellers that you meet. It's something that we will, you know, walk you through every step of the way. And the first step is always to reach out to me, Tommy Caffarella on Facebook, follow me, send me a Facebook message, and we'll take it from there. All right, guys, like I said in the beginning, you could maybe sometimes sell enough houses and save enough money to become financially independent, but why not focus on doing a much easier and more guaranteed route of adding one or maybe two assets per year Selling homes, but making sure that you're investing every single year. As I always say, sales will make you a living, but investing will make you wealthy. Thank you for being a listener. Make sure that you register for our upcoming event at www.agentinvestorevent.com. And we'll be back again with more great content. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.